0: Poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson.
1: Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of Tactical Tuesday here on the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, Coach Brad, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Mr. John. How are you doing, sir? How's it going? Let's get right into this, because our minds right now are probably not on Tactical Tuesday and more on the launch of CPG Wolves, which is today, right? It is. It is directly following this. Um, You know, this is, uh, you know, I I was thinking about this last night, that chasing poker greatness, right? Like, that's the brand. Um, This, to me, is a giant step to doing just that thing because in the poker training space, if, you know, you can create training methodologies that allow folks to skyrocket up the stakes... Um, massively improve their win rates and just, you know, be a stronger, better poker player who's earning a living at this game over a couple of years, then that to me is a major component of poker greatness in the training space anyway.
2: Oh, all right. So let's get through these (laughs) hands. Watch wolves, the (laughs) actual exciting stuff today.
1: No, no segue, no segue, no follow-up questions. Just all right. Let's break down the hands. All right.
2: So this hand starts uh, with a. Meh. I mean, it's hard to tell whether this guy's like super aggressive or not. We only have 38 hands on him, but so far he seems like a pretty aggressive uh, player. Maybe even maybe just like an aggro reg. Maybe he's just gotten a lot of really good hands though over these 38 hands. But he's playing 42, 39 with a 22% three bet over 38 hands. He opens, I three bet queens on the button to $80, and he four bets. Uh, to 235. We start the hand about 130 big blinds effective on the effective stack. Um, I guess we can stop here even preflop and maybe have a short discussion on whether you think it's uh, better to just jam queens here or whether you even have a five bet jamming range at this depth, whether you're flatting queens regardless of depth.
1: I mean, at a hundred bigs, I think it could go either way. I think we could flat or we could jam and like whatever, but I think like here I'm just flatting um, at this depth, realizing positional advantage. I don't really see a big benefit in jamming and sort of uh, neutralizing our positional advantage, like just getting rid of it. Calling, calling to me is preferable, and that's what I would do, and then just kind of go from there. I think that like queens is kind of an interesting hand that you know it blocks some of their natural four bet hands that you know we have a lot of equity against, like the ace queens. But, you know, I think just calling and then going from there would be my preferred path.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, around like the 125, 130 big wines effective depth is about the depth where I start um, flatting slightly more in position and and maybe even starting to think about getting rid of my five bet range altogether. Um, But in any case, I think Queens is uh, just going to be like a hand that I'm pretty comfortable flatting. Um, even maybe at like hundred big lines, like you said, some of the time, depending on the opponent. So I flat the four bet with the Queens and we see a really, really good flop queen nine deuce, two clubs flop top set. Uh, there's $485 in the middle. The villain, the four better preflop, uh, leads for a quarter pot. Um, I think this is completely the expected size, uh, in a four bet pot. I don't think anything that he's done sizing wise has been has like raised my eyebrows in any way. So I suppose that means that we can start um labeling this guy as a as a reg. Um so yeah. Uh quarter facing quarter pot bet here. Are you ever
1: raising? I I guess no. The end the answer I think is no. I'm not raising the quarter pot size but bet. I, I think it's Interesting that Villain is C betting this board. I don't know if they're doing it with range. I don't know if this is a board that they really want to see bet. Um in a four bet pot here. Like the button has aces. The button has queens. The button has nines. Uh they don't have nines. Uh, you know, I I mean they have ace queen, they have ace king. I'm just not sure. Like I I'm not sure if betting this board is preferable for the Pre flop four better, the queen nine do specifically. But yeah, I mean, you'd be checking range on this, on this flop. I'm not sure. I would have to think about it some more on how to structure my strategy, but I'm probably checking range. There's two bets left. So it's not like the end of the world that the flop checks through. We can just, you know, bet big on turn, jam Rivers and get stacks in safely. So it's not like we're losing a ton of value by checking. Um, and I don't know, I don't think I'm betting ace king here. Um and really a lot of my strategy is going to hinge on like what I do with Ace King and if if I'm checking Ace King then you know I'm just going to be checking range.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that sounds that seems like a reasonable strategy. Um, I also um can't think of very many situations where I'd want to raise um in position facing a quarter pot. So actually, I guess like the hands that if I like was forced to have like a raising strategy would probably be built around like the Queen X type hands that um, are technically like a little bit vulnerable and also like can get called by worse if we raise but I don't know that's just way too big of a tangent I think and not something that I actually do in real life so I'm flatting here uh, with my entire continuing range which is what I go ahead and do with top set yeah
1: I don't think we should be raising top here yeah (laughs) (laughs) that that just doesn't seem uh, doesn't seem very good all right Uh, the turn is not
2: Great. It's the ten of clubs. So the board is now queen, nine, deuce, ten with three clubs. Um obviously this brings in the front door flush draw. It also completes King Jack, which is which I would expect to be a comprise a significant portion of the villain's four-bet bluffing range. Um, you know, I think hands like ace queen off suit, king jack suited, king ten suited, uh maybe hands like ace five suited are Going to be like the majority of uh, this regs four bet bluffing range pre flop, so uh, this turn definitely does complete a lot um, that you know uh, that makes his range stronger than 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 top set.
1: Yeah, I mean you know if we counted the combos, they've got one combo of ace king of clubs, one combo of ace jack of clubs, one combo of ace five of clubs, and then you know four combos of the king jack, mm. uh, which is seven combos that that we're at right now. So, like, seven combos that really beat us. I can't think of any more hands that beat us unless they 4-bet, like, some sort of suited connector like 7-8 of clubs, uh, which would make it 8. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a great card, but I don't think it's, like, an end-of-the-world card. Uh, I think it's a card that strengthens our range... Uh, I mean, we are going to have more club club combos than. Yeah, we also have tens. Um yeah. I I don't think I would assu- I would imagine that they don't have tens in their range. Like we have tens, we have nines, we have queens, uh, and then we have you know pseudo connectors. But I mean, it, it's really hard to find like clubs that aren't the ones that they forbid. You know, like ace jack king jack, uh, the queen and the ten are on the board, so uh, got to be like, again, the 7-8 of clubs or something like that. Maybe the ace-tray, ace-4 of clubs okay. if we decide to 3-bet those pre. Um, so I don't think we have, like, significantly more flushes than them. I do yeah. think we have more sets than them. Um, Probably more two-pair than them. So... I think this maybe this turn is worse in the sense that it makes it harder to
2: stack some of the hands that we were probably comfortably stacking before the flush and straight get there. Like, uh, most... Notably, aces and kings, I think, are, you know, might not be as excited about getting the money in at some point in the hand once this card peels.
1: Well, I guess the question is, like, should we jam here? You know, yeah, should, sure. should we jam here or should we just flat? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if we mentioned this, but there's $725 in the pot. And I don't think we've mentioned the pot size for the podcast listener at all or yeah. sizing. So there's of 725
2: anything. on the turn and uh, the villain, uh, the four-better preflop, leads for $180. Uh, which is about a quarter pot again. um, I like the size. I think this lets him bet a lot of hands for value that aren't just flushes and straights. Um, Obviously can have some pretty comfortable bluffs here with like ace of clubs, you know, king type hands. Maybe even if he ever four bets a hand like ace jack suited like that, I can. uh, This is a pretty good card for that to continue barreling as well. Um, I like the size. It still threatens stacks on the river, Um, you know, It puts me in a really uncomfortable spot with like, I don't know, I had my pocket. Well, I guess Jax is just an easy call once I turn the open ender, but I don't know. It puts like my bluff catching, uh, it it, it basically puts more pressure on my bluff catching region uh, of my continuing range on the flop to um, find some like, I don't know, quirky calls on the turn, I guess, facing, you know, getting five, over five to one.
1: I think the bet is really good for them if we don't raise that often because they get full equity realization with a yeah. lot of their range, which yeah. is like really, really good for them. Like even yep. if they have ace of clubs king X, like if they bet the turn and then don't bet the river unless they uh improve, then us not jamming the turn is like really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, this is like I think, the, think people yeah, will under position. raise. Yeah. I think people will under raise here in, in this spot like that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so that, yeah, that was like one of my first concerns with this hand was like, whether this is a spot where I should be finding some sort of raise or a jam. Um, I think so. I think you should jam personally. Okay. I think it's hard to find bluffs, but you know, the, the downside, the other downside is that like they get to play rivers, like quite perfectly. They get to play turns quite perfectly. They always overrealize their equity. Um, with hands, you know, the hands that we talked about, like even Ace Jack is to overrealize equity, right? Like, I, right. my concern is like on a four of hearts, is like Ace Jack just going to jam? Are they, is it going to go for it here? Is Ace King just going to go for it? I don't think so. I think they're not inclined to go for it because, you know, they should have an understanding that like we've got a pretty nutted flatting range here. Like, we've got a bunch of straights, we've got a bunch of sets. Like, it's not even a lock that like Ace Queen's going to fold to the river jam on the four of hearts. Right. So, yeah, I, I think I think my preference would be to just jam the turn. Okay.
2: Yeah, my, I guess like my concern, my biggest concern with that would be that when we get called, do we ever get called by a hand that we beat?
1: Well, if you call and they don't bluff the river, and the river yeah, is a four of hearts, bad. and yeah, they jam, the and you call, do you ever win? I mean, that you know, you know what I'm saying? Like we just project right. out one street, and and it's the same problem, like. Maybe ace of like what I was thinking was like Ace of Clubs
2: King you know ace of clubs king um uh, I assume is gonna be folding here by jam and you know if we can just get bluffs from like that those combinations of hands on the river, does
1: that make it worth it to flat here? Um, if, if you had ace ace of clubs king, would you rather villain call the turn or jam the turn? Okay. So the hand that you're like targeting here. If you have it, you, much, you, you like snap want them to just call and not jam. Yeah. You see yeah, the, true. the paradox.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, I just hate, I mean, I, whatever. It just sucks to like, you know, jam the spot and then be pretty certain that when you, call, when you get called,
1: you're, you need the board to pair. Yeah, well, you got some equity, right? Like it's, yeah. not, like, it's not like you have zero equity and they are going to have like, I mean, they're going to have like aces some like aces right. and kings with a club those those, those hands potentially yeah, yeah, kings with a club definitely could, could maybe justify calling it off um, ace queen with the ace of club Uh, no they yeah they can have ace of di- a queen of diamonds ace of clubs Yep. like that one combo but I mean it's not like you're folding on a brick river right so like you know you're not saving your stack by like you're at risk the money's going yeah. in yeah yeah when when you're beat so um, anyway I, I think I think Long story short, my preference would be to just jam the turn. Okay. Yeah. But you call. And we get an interesting interesting river here. Yeah. Uh, The river is an ace, and our opponent checks the ace. The final board is ace of hearts, queen of clubs, deuce of clubs, ten of clubs, nine of spades. So three to a flush. Um, the river is an ace so villains if they did have the ace of clubs king or the king of clubs ace they do make top pair on the river um they check to you and now the question becomes like should you be value betting this hand
2: oh yeah um so this was this was the main question that i had about this hand and um it i was in the tank um for a decent amount of time on the river, deciding whether this hand should be a value bet or not. Um, I guess we could just kind of walk through my thought process and just the first thing I wanted to think about was are there worse hands that call this? Uh, if I jam the river? Um, I think there are some hands that might convince themselves to check call. I think those ace-king combos uh, could definitely be in a spot. I think uh, he still has three combos of ace-queen. Um, that I assume he four-bet bluffs quite liberally pre-flop and have now made two pair. Um, other than that, though, I I don't know if how many worse hands there are that call. And also, I don't know that those like, you know, I don't know that if he perceives me to have enough bluffs in the spot once the 10 of clubs peels the turn that, you know, he even wants to call with a hand like Ace-King or maybe even a hand like Ace-Queen, you know, maybe they're sort of like the same thing. Well, ace um, queen.
1: There's three combos left, right? Because there's yeah. three aces and one queen. Yep. Um, three combos of ace queen. <sighs> I don't know, man. It is. It, it's really close. I, I think that like, it's really, really, really close. I, I think that like, you probably shouldn't have a ton of value jam combos here, and you do have a bunch of combos of the nuts, right? Which, like, I think this hand is. One of the weakest hands you make it to the river with nine nines and tens, I guess, being the weakest. Jacks. Uh, yeah, but you're not jamming jacks, right? Right. Um, I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm on the fence. I, I could be moved either, either way. Probably just checking. But what one like extra point that I'll add was that like I expected a lot or almost all of the
2: hands that are better better than mine to jam the river themselves. Like, I expected his flushes to just jam the river and probably his King Jacks as well. Not 100% sure about his King Jacks. But, like, I just thought a lot of the range that beats me is just going to jam the river
1: themselves. Um, I guess. But, well, maybe. But, I mean, should they? Like, if you jam the river, right, yeah. then you get called by all the hands that you expect to, the sets, um, the straights and the flushes, right? Maybe some two pairs. Cause I'll
2: have Ace queen here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now the other side is like, if you check, um, do we get extra hands to put money in the pot that we don't, if we were to jam, like, you know, the jacks that you mentioned, right? right. Like would jacks turn themselves into a bluff and jam? Um, Queen-Jack suited, maybe, turned Jack itself 10 into suited. a glove. Jack-10 suited. Uh, and if Queens, Nines, Tens, King-Jack, and all the flushes all jam for value, then checking seems like it's going to outperform betting because you're just going to put money in with uh, some more combos of hands than you otherwise would, especially if you're just value betting all your sets in two pairs. Right, right. Maybe yep. Kings even. Kings with the King of Clubs. Like you you could have Kings too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, would I be bluffing with
2: Kings? I don't even know what I would be.
1: <laughs> I don't know. We've done a lot of these Tactical Tuesdays and if you have Kings with the King of Clubs here, my gut intuition tells me you're just putting the money in. <laughs> 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 like That's my know. read on the subject. I don't know
2: about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I don't know whether you do or not, but yeah. or I, I don't know whether like... That's actually a really
2: I, tough I, one I, on this I don't river. think
1: you should, but I think you might specifically. Yeah. Um, but either way, I mean, yeah, it's uh, gone a little bit over here with this first hand, but I, but I think like, yeah, I, I think that checking the river from villains' perspective is like pretty cool. I yeah. think it, it probably will outperform jamming um, and it especially outperforms jamming if you never check back these type of fans. If you start checking back your sets here, then jamming is like way better. Um if they have value, which you know spoiler alert, we decide <laughs> to jam. I wish I checked back. And the villain <laughs> the villain has aces with the ace of clubs. So basically that that reduces your nut flushes. It reduces your top two pair. Yep. Um and basically like you have King Jack, you're gonna jam and you're gonna call. You have sets. You're gonna jam and you're gonna call, and it gives you the opportunity to put money in with jacks, with a jack of clubs, or kings, or queen jack, or jack ten. So, like, I actually think villain played the hand really well.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think villain played. I think him finding the check on the river was really, really good. I think all his sizings, um, given his exact hand, make a lot of sense too. Um, Yeah, just the. We'll play. Hey, man, what am I supposed to do? Just got set over set in a four-bet pot. Let's just leave it at that and <laughs> yeah. go to
1: the next I, I mean, it's always good seeing high-level play in the streets. So, yeah, they got it. And now we're going to move on to hand number two right after the break.
0: The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have too loose and you're easy to run over. The Preflop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now.
1: John, I wanted to ask you why you decided to invest in a preflop bootcamp.
3: Everything that you had done with me to that point or I had heard you do had impressed me. I love the podcast. I accidentally ended up in the poker power hour (laughs) And love that. And then I took coaching and then you recommended the boot camp. And at first I didn't think it was, you know, something that would be that valuable. But I was like, everything else has been amazing. So I signed up and then it just blew me away.
1: And what about boot camp blew you away?
3: Like it started off slow. Like I'm learning these ranges and I'm not even understanding what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, as I start to understand what we're doing with the three bets, the four bets, and all of a sudden it just kind of hit me. And I was like, oh my God, how do I not know this stuff? This is amazing. The more I studied them, I started to understand why they were constructed sometimes. Like I'd be like, that's why that's like that. And that would lead to more revelations and just a better understanding of poker in general. Do you
1: have any interesting takeaways from your boot camp experience?
3: The most interesting thing about the boot camp, it's a pre-flop boot camp, but I feel like it's done as much for my post-game as it did for my pre-game just because I'm not in as many awkward and bad situations as I found myself in. You know, when we were doing coaching before the boot camp, we couldn't get through 10-15 minutes of tape without Finding mistake after mistake, and then once we did the boot camp, it solved problems on the back end as well.
1: I know you've studied for a thousand hours this year. How do you think boot camp compares to your other poker study?
3: Oh, it's crazy. The boot camp is probably the most important thing I've done all year, out of everything. I would give anything to go back and to to know that stuff ten years ago. I can't imagine how successful I'd be right now if i had known that stuff and i thought the boot camp was so valuable that i literally insisted you take more money from me and paid you more for the boot camp because i was blown away i just thought the price was too cheap and it's changed my game in ways that i i can't even explain to you.
1: if you'd like to join the next round of preflop boot camp which starts on the last saturday of every month Head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp to lock up your spot. One more time, that's ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. All right, welcome back to today's episode of Tactical Tuesday. Hand number two looks like John... You have got an ace and a king. You want to break down the action for the YouTube watcher and the podcast listener. Sure. So
2: got another big pot in position for hand number two. I start with ace of spades, king of diamonds. I open the cutoff. The small blind three bets and I call ace king offsuit. Um, just I guess for yeah, I guess for the listener, um, I'm gonna be flatting ace king offsuit uh, almost always facing a small blind three bet and four betting my ace king suited. So. Um that's just how my preflop strategy is constructed. So I flap Ace King off here. I don't know if that might look strange to some people who might be curious why I'm not betting or
1: you have a chart and the awesome. chart says call. So you yeah. are a slave to your chart. Um that's why that's why it looks funny. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, we get the Queen of Spades, Eight of Spades, Six of Hearts flop, two twenty-two in the middle. Uh the small blind leads for uh, I believe half pot. Um, mm-hmm. I have two overs, backdoor flush draw, backdoor nut flush draw, and I guess a backdoor Broadway draw, I guess, if you want to mm-hmm. get really optimistic. Going to be flatting here and either trying to realize, both trying to realize my equity and maybe bluff, go for some bluffs on uh, spade turns or spade rivers. Not, yeah. Yeah. I guess like we could talk a bit about like how to interpret this half pot You bet if we think it's range, if we
1: think it's part of a large size check strategy, it's hard to know. Hard to know. I mean, I, I think everything is like pretty normal. You know, just like there's 222 in the pot, fill in bets 110. They have 936 behind. Um, we've got them covered. Like, I think flatting in position here is just my preferred path with your, your exact hand. So... Yeah, just call and you know see what happens on mm-hmm. a variety of turns. The turn is the queen of hearts, so queen of hearts, queen of spades, eight of spades, six of hearts, so double flush draw, and the small blind goes for a check when the queen pairs. Any thoughts?
2: Uh yes. I Okay, so I think the small blind could be playing two. One of two strategies on the turn I think one could be just to check his entire range once pop pair pairs um i I think that would be fairly reasonable um I think another strategy could be playing is uh like a big bet and check like splitting his range on the turn and checking hands like pocket jacks you know maybe a hand like aces or kings and choosing a big size with like his queen x or pocket eights and then whatever
1: draws that he has. Yeah. I think like the hands that kind of wrap around the queen are pretty good. King, Jack, King, ten, Jack, 10. Right.
2: And he has like two flush draws, you know, available to him. So like, I think they're just, there are lots of hands that do want to bluff. Um, my initial reaction, I guess, seeing this check is that he, if he, if he skews one way, it's probably towards a hand that has some showdown and just wants to realize it's showdown and, and kind of get to the river and get to showdown. Um, yeah, I think hands like those hands that I mentioned, like jacks and, you know, maybe aces and kings, make sense um, to pick this line.
1: Yeah, it's quite interesting that like their eights and their sixes are pretty much checking, like absolutely. If they are three betting sixes, their eights are. The king, the the queen x, I think should probably be mixed as a bet and a check because you are going to have bluffs and you're probably going to be going with the big sizing. Like I would expect the. The big bet here on the turn um when they do continue. So checking is not like totally unexpected, but I you know I, I do think that they should have a mixed strategy here just because they are going to have some natural bluffs. And so because they have the natural bluffs, they need some value to throw in to their uh to their betting range. Um and I think that's it. That's all I gotta say. But yep. checking with their bluff catchers. I th- I think that's true. And I also think that they're gonna check like you know just some give ups too like just some like hands ace 5 suiteds uh you know ace some probably ace king ace jack ace 10 king 10 king jack uh jack 10 maybe um you know yeah so with that said like you have ace king which sort of fits squarely in the middle of that checking range it beats some of their it beats their worse hands loses to their better hands so checking is just Quite reasonable and obviously the thing to do. Right.
2: Obviously, I think also one important thing to note is that it doesn't fold out any of the better hands on this turn. Um, yeah, absolutely. And as if glove catchers are folding to almost any size that I would barrel on this turn, particularly no. with the uh, with how wet the board is. Agree. Um, yeah. So turn goes check, check. The river is the three of spades, which completes the front door flush draw and now gives me a uh, nut flush blocker on the river. Uh, the I was actually okay, so I guess like one thing that I'll say is like I was a little bit disappointed um, with like how this hand played out and the runout. I thought that you know if the turn doesn't pair and then we get a spade, or if like a spade peels on the turn, like that just gives me way more avenues and like a way higher likelihood of winning the hand. And I thought like on this runout, if the small blind checks his bluff catchers, um, I'm just never going to be able to get even a hand like Jacks the fold. Obviously, I'm, I don't expect to get like a hand like aces and kings to fold. So uh, I thought that facing like small blind check, I would probably just give up with my ace of spades, king of diamonds.
1: Um, what do you think about that? I think giving up is probably the wrong language because I think you're going to win some by checking sure. back. And For so sure, sure. I think just like realize, checking back to realize your equity is totally, it's not like a thing to be sad about. So. <laughs> You know, I, I think, you know, one one thing that the the listener and I think sometimes you you forget is, like, the goal in poker is not just to, like, do a cool thing and win the pot. The goal in poker is to win money. And, like, you can check back and win money here. So yeah, right, that's right. totally fine. Um, yeah. Facing the half-pot size bet. What's interesting about the half-pot size bet is I don't think they're... I, I, I don't really think this is so credible. I mean... They could have like queen X. I think that's the part of their range that bets here. Their trips. But I don't think jacks and tens and aces and kings bet on the flush-completing river here. Like, I just don't think they they do. I think they just check a bluff catch. So, I mean, maybe they have flushes, like king jack, king ten of spades that bet. Um, but didn't
2: like... Bet also didn't bet the turn, which is like, that's hard to believe.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, but... I just think this bet is like quite polarized and versus a polarized bet getting a good price. Like I'm just looking to call the river.
2: Yeah, that's so again, this was like the point in the hand that I had the most questions about um, whether it's worth it to turn a hand like Ace of Spades, King of Diamonds into a bluff here to try to get some folds from. I thought that I, I, you know, I had different thoughts than you did on the river. I thought that you could potentially find a value bet here with like a hand like Jackson 10s, maybe even Aces and Kings. Um, or I guess I shouldn't say maybe even if he's value betting Jackson 10s, like, I think and kings could easily find a value bet here, and maybe I can get all or some of those hands to to fold. Um, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know how many of those hands I'd necessarily need to get a fold from uh, to make
1: this a better bluff than a bluff catch. Um, I mean, you you don't think you have some, like, repability issues here, that, like, you're going to be raising the flop with some of your flushes, you're going to be betting the turn versus check with some of your flush draws. Like, yeah,
2: but I also think that, like, all of my nut flush draws, like, my again, I don't know if that if I'll get credit for this, but I would check back a hand like Ace of Ace King of Spades or Ace Jack of Spades or Ace 10 of Spades on the turn for the same reason I check back this hand. Like, I, just because I have the front door flush draw, I don't think is going to be reason enough for me to stab turn with Ace King of Spades, right? Which I don't even have because I warmed <laughs> that
1: that preflop, but we'll but I mean, I have other ace of spades hands that's not that many combos that you're repping, right? Like, that's where right. it becomes problematic. They're getting two to one, right? right? So, like, we need to have, like, two times as many value as we have bluffs. And, like, you can rattle off your nut flushes. Ace king, ace jack, ace 10. Uh, I don't know what you do with, like, ace 9 pre. Um, ace I 5. Ace I'll have ace 5. Ace 9. Oh. Um, ace 4 and ace deuce. Uh... Ace-4, not Ace-2. Okay, so that's six combos. Yep. So now they need to find three bluffs. Um, you have backdoor hearts, you have hands like exactly like this one, and we're home. <laughs> not only are we home, we're way beyond home yeah. Um, in, in finding bluffs. So I think like... In my defense,
2: I think that I will get a little bit of extra credit for not having maybe as many bluffs as you think because... I would expect the small blind to think that I would stab a lot of those bluffs on the turn, especially like hands like backdoor hearts and whatever. Um, Are and, they folding a queen? No, no, I, I wouldn't expect them to fold a queen or even have a queen, to be honest, that often. I thought a queen would just bet the turn unless he's checking range, which I guess we said
1: we don't know if that's what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, is a queen significantly better than aces and kings? I don't. They're like effectively the same. I mean, Yeah.
2: Depends on what I do with Queens in position, I guess. Like, do I check back the turn and jam the river on a flush completing river with with my Queen X? I I don't know. If I would ever play my Queen X that way.
1: Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I I don't... I I think you're reaching, honestly, on the flush completing card. Like, I, I think Aces and Kings just check, but I also think that, like, if they do bet, then those hands are, like, very similar to Queen X, which we both said probably isn't folding to the jam. So, I mean, I, it just, you know, it just seems unnecessary, I think. Like, if you're, if you're going to jam like King Jack, King Ten of Hearts, Nine, Nine Ten of Hearts, Jack Ten of Hearts, those seem like way better jams. Not sure, oh, But, I mean, you're asking me to check back the turn with those hands. Yeah, checking, realizing equity, and getting yourself in a position to bluff on a future street has inherent value that I think often goes unnoticed.
2: I feel like if we learn something from this hand though, it would it might be that like I have enough bluffs that get checked back on the turn. Like I should probably be thinking about adding more value checkbacks on the turn than bluffs.
1: I mean you, we're you, getting into the weeds here. Yeah, anything? we are, we are, we are. But anyway, long story short, I, I think the first analysis that I had of like I think your hand is a good bluff catcher and you're getting a great price. Um and I think villains betting quite polarized here. And so I would just personally just call John on the other hand has a different approach for these spots. Um, I feel like in the spots where if it's like, if I think this bluff might
2: be unnecessary and it might be a good enough bluff catch, I I almost always just go for the unnecessary bluff.
1: Yeah. You bring a rocket launcher to the water balloon fight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey kids. (laughs) Uh, there's our rocket launcher and villain folds and what do they have the grand reveal um an ace and a jack of <laughs> different suits so it did you know we we did get the fold but they folded a worse hand um which is yeah uh, taking a lot of risk there with the jam when calling likely just gets the job done fairly fine yeah um
2: he well, snap folded too in real life. So like as soon as I jammed, I knew that it was unnecessary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No sweat. No, no sweat there. Like, okay. Yeah, that was, that was uh, bad, dude. You didn't <laughs> need
0: to
1: do that. <laughs> <laughs> nice getting direct feedback when you have like the nut no pair. Um, well, cool. That's going to do it for this week's Tactical Tuesday. Excited and pumped to get into the CFP Wolf launch. Everybody, hope you had a great Thanksgiving and traveling safely for the holidays. And we will, what will we
0: do next week, John?
2: See you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to chasingpokergreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community Book a coaching session or dive into the latest data driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.